Texas Toast podcast is brought to you commercial free thanks to TSC Entertainment. I call him the ride. Go ahead, put it on real tight. Hope you brought your best tonight. They say they got the fireworks, yeah, they say they got the show. Here around the shoots, you're the best, so let's go. This is Texas Toast, a production of TSC Entertainment. I'm your host, Miss Helen. Kick back and enjoy as we toast the best from Texas. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Texas Toast. I'm your host, Miss Helen, and we're bringing on a, a different type of guest, probably one of the most important guests we've had in a long time, because Mr. Mike Sandberg has been in the music business for a long, long time, has deep ties to TSC Entertainment, who were a product, actually, of TSC Entertainment, the Texas Toast podcast is. And so, hello, Mike Sandberg, and welcome to you. Well, hi. How are you today? I'm doing good. Of course, just to kind of give the listeners a backstory on this, we tried to do this the other day, and everybody that listens knows where I live, and we lost the internet. So we're going to get started again and jump right in. You were telling such wonderful stories about how you actually got started in working in the music business. Okay. Well, I guess we'll start over again. I uh, I was a pipe fitter in Local 211 and working in Monsanto. Matter of fact, I was a union steward out there. And a friend of mine had a band, played bass in a band, a country band. And my wife and I used to go country western dancing quite a bit. And we knew them real well and everything. We went to all their shows. So he asked me one day, he said, you know, the guys in the band asked me to ask you if you'd be considered managing us. And I said, doing what? He said, managing. I said, I don't know anything about managing music business. He said, no, but we know you're full of crap and you'll you'll figure it out. You know, so (laughs) anyway, I guess my talking got me in trouble. So we we started booking these guys. um, Little Texas was the name of the band. And within a month, they only worked Friday, Saturdays and Sundays. So within a month, I had them booked up for the whole year because they were really a good band. So uh, matter of fact, they ended up buying a big dance hall in uh alvin called uh i can't remember the name of it now anyway we you know started from there they were they were booked up and then other bands started calling me and asked me if i could do the same thing for them and stuff and i figured well if i'm gonna waste my time i might as well make something out of it so i said okay so i started off and I, i've been pretty selective most of the bands that i represented locally i picked Mm-hmm. Mike Black being one of them. Right. We're going to discuss you know, that. Yes. You know, and so, you know, Mike and I have been friends for a pretty good while now because I was in, I've been in this business for 42 years when I sold the company to Mike and retired. But anyway, the reason and the name of the Texas sounds uh, is because we wanted to represent all the sounds in Texas, mm-hmm. not just country, which is 90%, but we wanted to represent all the others. One of the things that we did hitch on that we, you know, just found a, unbelievably good was the Tejano market and we booked Selena uh, you know Emilio all of David Lee Garza you name them we booked them Mm -hmm. and uh, we found out most of the county fairs and stuff 40 to 50 percent of the population of the county was Hispanic and so they started showing up big time at shows I think Mm -hmm. we had Selena in her hometown of Clute Texas at the Mosquito Festival first time ever and she drew like 30,000 people, 
you know, and that's pretty remarkable for that small. For town. that, yes, and, and that is that is always one of the hottest festivals there is. I work when I was in radio. I would work Mosquito Festival pretty much every year, for many many years, and that was always the one. Make sure you have your rubber boots just in case it's rained, or we'll yeah. dress very cool and have lots of water because it's always so hot. I booked that festival for 27 years. Well, and I think I had dealt with you before, like yeah. setting up interviews and stage intros. So Probably anyway, so, yes. yeah. So anyway, that's we we included them in the market and found out it was quite good, mm-hmm. you know. And so other than that, just, you know, picking out, uh, you know, going, I was a member of the Texas Festival Association. I was on the board of directors for about 12 years, I think. I was also on the board of directors for the Galveston County Fair and Rodeo, which is my hometown. And I was entertainment director there for, God, I don't know, 30 years, mm-hmm. something like that. But uh, the big thing is we wanted to make sure that people got quality entertainment for what they were paying for. People got a great, they still get a great deal on entertainment now compared to pricing and stuff. Yes. But uh, met a lot of people that I really am good friends with now in the entertainment business. A lot of good artists, you know, and I found out the ones that are really the best at it, they they don't need to know it. They already know it. They're easier to work with because, mm-hmm. you know, like Willie Nelson, for instance, one of the greatest guys in the world to work with. He knows what it's all about, you know, and, and it's uh, pleasing the audience. Uh, I managed Johnny Lee for 14 years. I remember one time we did a show and John Conley was on the show with Johnny Lee. And so Johnny Lee sold, I don't know, three, four thousand dollars worth of merchandise when the show was over and uh he said how do you do that he said you get off that bus and go meet your fans and sign autographs that's how you do that great story so uh you know he kind of learned a lesson there too you know but uh like i say i worked with mike black a bunch and uh, you know we did a lot of opening acts and my goal was to take local bands and use them as opening acts for bigger bands to help give them a boost Mm -hmm. in their popularity which i think we successfully did for several you know, I see guys on the radio now that, you know, they didn't have a chance a long time ago, but mm-hmm. they're they're there now because they followed this little rule, you know, of pleasing everybody. And right. stuff. So anyway, that's kind of how it got started. And my wife and I, you know, I wouldn't do this without her going along with it. I've mm-hmm. been married 58 years last week. Oh, so, congratulations. So that's awesome. So I'm not going to do anything that's going to upset the cart. You know, happy wife, happy life. But my wife worked at the post office in Lake City. So every morning, every day at four o'clock, she'd get off. She'd come to the office in Dickinson. She'd do typing and paperwork and contracts and stuff. And then the next morning, she'd take them with her that night. Next morning, she mailed everything from the post office when she went to work. I remember one time we had, I think it was Gary Stewart at uh, Eddie's Ballroom in Manville, Texas. And uh, it was on a Friday. And she worked on Saturdays. So we went to the show and took care of business and everything. And it was a great show. I, I love Gary Stewart. He was, he was yes. kind of a coot, but he was a great singer. I loved his yes. beer joint music. But uh, I dropped her off at the post office at 4.30 that morning from the club to go to work. So she put up a lot of sacrifices and, you know, and we went a lot of places. We went, we, biggest thing was there's probably not a beer joint in this state that I can't tell you what you're going to see when you walk in the front door because I've been to most every one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I always felt like it was better to do business in person with somebody. Once you get to know them, then you've got them as a customer. But, uh, you know, the biggest thing is person to person is always better, mm-hmm. you know. And, of course, the Internet wasn't even in existence when I started. 
Well, and, uh, yeah, yeah, and that's and that's what I think is so amazing is you came in ground zero. You know, now people that manage musicians or they have a venue or they're booking artists or they're they're promoting them, there's kind of a template set up. And I think you probably contributed that because you had to just dig in and figure out how to navigate these waters. I'm sure that you made some mistakes and, and learned from them, but you like started with nothing. Exactly. I had no earthly idea. But it doesn't take long if you're just honest with people, uh, you know, and you do the right things and stuff. People start cooperating with you. I probably was better known in Nashville than I am here, you know, as far as all the entertainment agencies I had to deal with there. Because regardless, if you're booking a big act, you still got to go through their management. Right. You know, and and it's uh, so uh, the more people, you know, the better it is, Uh, you know, and and of course, your reputation of what you do, you know, when you. I remember, let's see, Baytown, 4th of July. I did that for 30 years and uh, had somebody there. I'm trying to think of who it was now, but uh, oh, oh, Blake Sheldon. Blake Sheldon was a fill-in. On, oh, my goodness. Uh, on July the 4th in Baytown. And I think that's where it all took off. He sold every bit of merchandise he had. He was on his way to California. He took this job last minute. He sold all the merchandise out of his trailer and his bus and everything. They had to reordered to meet him up in California with a with a more stuff to sell. One of the biggest shows he said he had ever done. And the guy was really a pleasant person to work with. He was he was a neat guy, uh great music, good singer, had a good band. They were easy to work with. And that's kind of what you look for is people that want to make the money, want to do the right thing in the business. And then they're easier to work with, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, that's some of those stories. I've got tons of them. Those are wonderful stories. And and I, and one of the things that we try to do at the podcast here is we we expand to where we get a Mike Sand, the Mike Sandberg on here because we have a lot of young artists, like a lot of Texas music artists that are up and coming. And that was one of the things I always like to support in radio. My door was always open. Like somebody's grandpa came by and threw a CD down. You never know who that is going to be or will be. And, and, and then the, maybe they just need some encouragement, but that's what we're here for here with um, the Texas Toast podcast. We've had some veterans. We've had some artists that are just charting their first song. And it's exciting to see those careers bloom. And I think it, we kind of parallel with what you've been talking about is them being honest and getting out there and working and getting out there and shaking the hands and meeting people. Exactly. You know, I recall a, a time of we doing a convention, state fair convention. I think we were in Dallas and uh, they have a thing at the convention where all the exhibitors have a space and stuff. And they have a time for everybody to come see them all. So I was there at my booth and this guy, his wife came up and they had a little girl with them. And they said, uh, our daughter wants to be a country singer. What can you do to help her? And I looked at her and I, I think she was 14. Oh. I said, can you sing? She broke out acapella, shut everybody in the whole building down. She was great. You know, I acknowledged that and everything. I said, she's 14. I said, what do you expect me to do with a 14-year-old? I can't put her in a beer joint. And uh, they said, uh, well, what what can you help? I found out that there was a, a Opry in Fort Worth, and I got the hold of the guy. I got her book there where she was a regular. Her name was Leanne Rhymes, by the way. Oh, jeez. And uh, so I met her when she was 14 and I've done shows with her ever since and stuff. And she's a great girl and yeah. a great singer. And then Greg you know? Hunt got a hold of her at Rosewood. She recorded there her first uh, single, Blue. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, 
And so, you know, some of that stuff really makes me feel good to know that I had part of it. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, you know, the only thing about me was she played the Opry, but the Opry band was Gary Stewart's band on the road. So every time I book Gary Stewart, they'd leave. And go do his shows, and she got mad at me for that. I said, "Well, I can't do anything about that." But anyway, it's it's amazing how some of it all ties in together and stuff. But uh, I've really, really enjoyed the years I put in in the business. And there were some times I remember some times when you're saying, "Where's the promoter? It's time to get paid." Oh, he left a while ago. I had one in Pasadena that he faked a heart attack got hauled to the hospital on ambulance, took all the money in his briefcase. I went oh. to the hospital, pulled the sheet off of him in the in the emergency room, <laughs> and the briefcase was there with all the money in it. And, and this was a Bo Diddley show in Pasadena. And so he ran off with all the money. We had to chase him down. That sometimes you can chase him down and get your money, but sometimes I just had to write a check to the entertainer because I never let an entertainer not be paid. Right. So sometimes it costs me. Uh, you know, but uh, that's part of doing business. Right. And it's, it's stories like that that unfortunately happen. But I love you sharing because <clears throat> so many of us, I'm thinking about all the shows you've booked and, and with the, all the all the things you've done and how how so many people listening have probably been to a show that you're responsible for getting the entertainment, providing the entertainment. But people don't realize all those little details that go on behind the scenes and then something like that. It's hard work. You've really oh, worked is. hard these years. Uh, you know, the writers were kind of ridiculous sometimes, too. Uh, I think the classic rock all-stars, I booked them, and they were in Clute at the Mosquito Festival. Mm-hmm. And these guys were former members of major groups. You know, Inagata uh, uh, DeVita was one of, their hit, one of the lead guitar player songs and stuff. Anyway, these guys told me, said, you know, we're older guys, Mike. So on that writer, it says fresh fruit. Or, or you know stuff so i said okay so anyway I, on the way there that day i stopped at a fruit stand bought a full whole watermelon you know and brought it to him and set it on the table i said there's your fresh fruit you know and some of these guys are fun you know and of course one of them said they their problem was they were all that the one of them was a vegetarian uh-huh all so much trouble in restaurants and feeding them at a show or something because he was a vegetarian and uh, he told me one day, he said, you know, maybe if you get off that meat stuff, you look as good as I do when you're my age, you know, and uh, and your wife, too. And, and oh uh, band, band leader said, you know what? He's at least 10 years older. He looks better than you now. So shut up. <laughs> but anyway, it was it was sometimes experience. <laughs> you know, I think raising two daughters helped. Once oh, you raise yes. children, it helps a whole lot <laughs> because we always considered most entertainers not quite up on social stuff or, or whatever, you know, they uh, kind of like raising your kids. You can tell them a hundred times yes. whether they're going to do it or not is another story. Yes. You know? And I've seen a lot of artists that could have been really big had they trusted people, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, they got maybe got burnt by the first guy they dealt with or something and just didn't trust anybody after that. And, you know, you can go to a nightclub and the first thing that guy's going to say when you try to sell him a band is, well, are you any good? What do they expect? A band goes and asks for this job. What do they expect them to say? Well, no, we're terrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it has a little more validity coming from me than it does coming from the band. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's enough to sway them to hire them. And once they go in and do their job, they're back whenever they want to be. 
Right, right. Well, good stuff. And so you pass the torch to Mike Black. He's now with Texas Sounds. It's rebranded to TSC Entertainment. And right. and Mike has a wonderful story. He just, he he did so much in music. He has so many people that still follow him and still love to play his songs. Listen, I, I love his music. I, I don't see why some of it we haven't re- redone. I told him the out, same you know. thing. Flip-flop uh, cowboy, hello. I've been telling yeah. him that for years. <laughs> I mean, you know, and he's got a couple of Mexico songs that are yes. just dynamite. Yes. You know, and, uh, you know, at one time, Mike was, uh, I think he was jukebox entertainer of the year in Texas. Yes, he was. From, you know, mm-hmm. from people playing his songs on the jukeboxes and stuff and everything. Mike was very popular rolling across Texas. They, oh, yes. Of course, I, I had to had to answer that question every time I talked to somebody new. No, he is not Ken to Clint Black. Oh, I know. Right. <laughs> I, I would get that every time. Well, is he Ken to him? No. <laughs> but he has two other brothers. You want to book them. <laughs> but, right. Uh, anyway, so uh, Mike was just a, a dream to work with, I'm telling you, because he had the talent and he had a personality goal like, along yes, with Yes. Yes, he did. And great work ethic. Great work ethic. Oh, yeah. You know. And he listen, still does I, to this day. Oh, I remember so many times in the old bus. <laughs> it was some good ones, I'm telling you. I think one time the window swung open and somebody almost fell out and went down oh the road. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just one of those things. But, uh, you know, Mike was, uh, like I said, he was the first person that I talked to when I considered getting out. I didn't want to shut Dex's sounds down and it'd be all of it. Oh, I wanted no. it to carry on. Yes. And I knew that Mike would do that. Yes. And that's why I talked really strong to him about it is because I knew he would carry on the tradition, you know, to keep good music going and and people could trust you in the business and everything. Because, you know, let's face it, entertainment agents don't have a real good reputation mm-hmm. for some reason. I don't know why, but we get everybody their jobs. Right. <laughs> right. But, but anyway, uh, Mike is I'm sure he's going to carry on just like he is. He's, he's increased the volume of TSE. He's in, he's increased the volume of it just tremendously more than I ever thought could happen in a short period of time. Right. But but anyway, we're just, you know, I I keep track of it. I watch the music all the time. I listen to it all the time. And, uh, you know, I listen to it in the rain in the truck and when I'm going anywhere and stuff. And, uh, one of the reasons is I love music, you know, Uh but, uh, I mentioned something real quick. A long time ago, I got started. I had a guy in the business with me. Uh, his name was Singletary. And he had a couple of friends. One of them was the River Road Boys. And we used to book them quite a bit. But we ended up doing a bunch of Bob Wills reunion shows. Oh, wow. And I got to meet everybody that was ever in Bob Wills' band. You know, and, and those guys were so talented, but didn't know it. <laughs> they they like the music, but they didn't know as they were as talented as they were. And anyway, it was a pleasure working with people like that. To you know, I think Johnny Lee Wills was his brother. I booked him once. Anyway, we did a lot of these festivals everywhere across the uh, you know, state of Texas, especially, and it was a big seller. You know, so always looking for something that would entertain the people better. Right. Well, you have just been uh, awesome to listen to stories and the the wealth of information that you passed along just in a few short minutes that we've been on the podcast. So my question now is, so what are you doing these days? Uh, I'm playing golf. Good. When, when I can. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, um, uh, I got a swimming pool in the backyard. I swim in the other bunch. I try, always trying to lose weight. 
That's one of those <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, I'm just, I never, somebody said, why don't you act your age? I've never been this old before. I don't know how. So, <laughs> so uh, it's just, uh, I don't do as much traveling and stuff as I used to, to go to shows and stuff. We used to go to shows every weekend. It yes. got to where when, when I finally retired, come nine o'clock on a Saturday night, I was miserable if I was at home. I was mm-hmm. like, boy, something's missing. I did something <laughs> wrong, you know, but, uh, you know, finally you get over it and stuff, but I still miss it a whole lot. And uh, I try to go to some of the reunions, uh, Mickey Gillies deal and stuff like that, uh, you know, occasionally to get to see all my old buddies again, but mostly raising great grandkids or playing with them and, you know, just having a good time being old, I guess. That's awesome. Well, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to visit with us. We've been wanting to get you on the podcast for uh, quite a while and uh, we're, we're building and um, I'm very passionate about Texas music, fishing and the Astros. So, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it is, it's just, it's been a pleasure visiting and getting to know some of the, the new artists coming up. You know, it seems like it comes in like cycles, how they cycle it, through. I'll, I'll tell you this right now. I learned over 42 years. Country music is in a five-year cycle. You know, I mean, it goes to different things and, and different artists get to come in and have their way with it. And stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it does run in cycles. And if you just wait till your cycle comes around, <laughs> you know, but it's uh, it's amazing how it works like that. Yes. Uh, and I, I would, had the privilege of Kevin Fowler, Corey Morrow, Pat Green, all those guys. I booked their first shows. I remember that because I shoot... Kevin, I think probably one of his first radio interviews was with me, but I remember he was playing maybe Brazoria County Fair. I don't know where it was, but I had, you were my contact yes, for yes. the interview and the stage intro. Yes. Right. I think Kevin's it might have. Great. Yes. Kevin's a great guy. Well, and he's a prime example. I, I was also promotions director and we would work, Kevin and I'd work closely together on promotions and there was times I finally said, I'm not even going to do any more meet and greets because he will stand at the table to four in the morning and sign babies. You know, he would come off that stage and go straight to the people. Austin County Fair. That's uh, my home county fair. Okay. Well, <laughs> That's he, where I grew up. He, he played there and he comes back after the show. Concessionaire guys that selling this stuff is there. And he says, we got a, a, a set of new record tonight. We sold five or $6,000 worth of stuff. He stayed there until I think we had to beg him to leave. That's it. If, if somebody was there wanted to talk to him or get an autograph, he didn't leave. He was That's there. That's exactly right. You know? I saw it time after time after time. And even after five or six years that he was already, you know, a mainstay on the county fair stages and music festivals, he still did the same thing. And then I thought it was cool, too, because at the time, well, during that one time when Ken Tondre was his drummer, Ken would bring the drumsticks down and, and hand them out to the kids. Yes, you know, it's yes. like they would do that. They were just it was just amazing. I have a set of those drumsticks. I did, too. And I can't find them. They gave them to my son. And I <laughs> somewhere they're in a box. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I, I have a lot of stuff I collected over the years. You know, and stuff, a lot of pictures and everything right behind me on the wall. There's a picture. Uh-huh. Move by the way, there's Willie Nelson and me right there. I was seeing your pictures. Those are awesome. So, but anyway, I, I got a ton of that stuff and I don't know what's going to happen to it when I'm gone because I just can't let it go. You know, oh, you can't. Uh, it's just too valuable to me personally. Right. You know? uh, but uh, anyway, I've, uh, I've, I welcome the business. I, I just wish I was young enough. I'd be back in. I can tell. 
I can tell you're just like a racehorse. You're ready to go, but you've had, you've done, you paid your dues and had your time and you passed the torch to the perfect person. Well, I, I hope so. I think I did. Mm-hmm. We've developed a really good team here at TSC and we're, and we're like family. Yes. And that's, honestly, that's, you know, that's what it, it has to be, you know, and everybody pulling in the same direction, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, uh, it makes it so, and, and, you know, you've got more people to fire questions to and get results and see what you're going to do. You know, when you've got more people you work with, that helps a whole lot. You can That's, test stuff out on people and say, yes. what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? I put Mike Black with some Tejano artists and in San Antonio, big seller. I mean, uh, I think he was with Emilio uh, at a festival there and he opened for him. And of course that gave exposure because, Tejano fans like country music also. Yes, they do. So, you know, it all filled in together and stuff. It made perfect sense, you know. Absolutely. Uh, but, uh, and and it gave the people what they wanted to see. Right, right. You know, instead of having something shoved down their throat they didn't care about or something, you know. Right. Well, if you're ever down this way and you come see Mike, I'm right. I'm in Matagorda. He's up the road. He's a little bit more inland, like seven or eight miles hello but um yeah i'd love to sit and visit with you some more and i love the stories good i've enjoyed this and i hope it does us some good i'm sure it will so well before i let you go there's always a question now we mainly ask this to our musicians but you could just answer this however you want (laughs) if you were a cocktail what would you be oh that'd have to be vodka martini oh nice Perfect. All right. With Michael, a couple of olives. Perfect. Thank you so much. And it's been a pleasure and an honor visiting with you here at the Texas Toast Podcast. Thank you very much. Enjoy. She left, I dare to say. You can go to hell. Hell, I'll go to Texas. I've had my fill of every place but home. Well, take away these city lights. Southern draw, my swagger on my sway. Yeah, these old boots, all this cowboy hat, all the way.